I love the season. I love lighting the candles. This past Sunday, I gave you a candle to take home for the cause of hope. Did anybody light the candle? Did anybody light the candle? Because I got more. If you didn't, I got more. Uh, I want you to light the candle. I know it's a pretty candle. It's nice. It's in a little glass container. How many know that if, if, if you don't light it, it doesn't bring light? Do you understand that? If you don't, you say, well, I got a candle. Light it. Pray. One of the things that we discovered is that hope is a product of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense to anyone? It's a product of the Holy Spirit. In the flesh, it's difficult to have hope. Uh, but in the Spirit, we can have hope. We are in a series called I Believe, and today we're lighting the candle of love. We've been using this uh, text, Luke chapter 1, verse 45. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. I, I love this moment. I love what we're doing. I love going through the stories. And this year, I'm going to share more scripture regarding this season than perhaps any other time. Uh, but I, I love this because you may not realize it, but you are playing a part of what God is doing. What God is doing. Does that make sense? You're playing a part. You say, well, I'm not doing what you're doing, Pastor. That's okay. God is doing something that is beyond even what you know that he's doing. So we, we see the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist. We see Mary and Joseph. We see all of these characters, but, but we'll be able to go back hundreds of years and see the power and the presence of the Lord. But I, I want you to look at this scripture because we see Zechariah and Elizabeth conceive a child who is a great prophet. It's a miracle. Mary conceives the Son of God by the Holy Spirit. Our lives and our journey... Uh, is what it, 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 we think we're just doing it, but God is heavily involved in our lives and in our journey. We know that God is doing unique miracles, but he calls us to believe in him. Somebody shout, I believe. Shout it. I, I was thinking about Mary and Elizabeth. And here's, here's my thoughts, okay? Uh, both of them are pregnant. This, these are the words of Elizabeth. And um, here's the uniqueness. Mary is pregnant too early and is disgraced. And Elizabeth is pregnant too late and is disgraced. You see that? Mary, uh, Joseph says, I'm going to put you, we're going to have to put you away. Because I can't be married to you after you got pregnant before we were together. She was betrothed. She was engaged to Joseph. So Mary doesn't know exactly what to do. And on the other hand, you also have Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is already, I mean, she's hiding out. She almost, almost can hardly speak of it because of what's going on. So when, when I see this, we see circumstances that are not necessarily acceptable to our culture, but are nonetheless miraculous. Uh, the, the journey that you're on right now, some of you might say, well, my journey, you know, I can't even tell the story of my journey. I want you to know that God is involved in your journey. And you might think you're too late or you might think you're too early. You might think you're too young or you might think you're too old. What you need to do is say, God, however you want to use me, I believe that you have a plan for my life. But I also want you to know that the uniqueness of that plan is that God wants to use you to be a part of the return of the Lord Jesus. They were a part of the coming of Christ, and we're a part of the second coming of the Lord Jesus. 
You might say, well, my journey doesn't matter. Your journey matters. What's going on in your life is impacting others. God is using you to announce, no less than Gabriel, God is using you by his spirit to announce the hope and the love of Christ for all mankind. Anybody got a story? Anybody got a story, a tough one? This also interests me. Somebody again, shout, I believe. Shout, I believe. believe. That's the name of our series, I Believe. We're kind of stealing it. From uh, No, we're taking it back. It's fine to be at the grocery stores but or the department stores. We're taking it back. How many believe? Anybody really believe? I want to test your belief. I want to show you what can happen when you believe. Because in, in Luke 1, verse 30, Gabriel comes to Mary and says, Don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. and You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Now look at verse 35. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Because she, she asked the question. She says, how shall this be? Because I do not know, I do not know a man. Now when she said, I do not know a man, it wasn't that she hadn't met Joseph. It was she hadn't known a man. Can I get an amen like you know what I'm talking about? So she's a virgin, and her virginity was sacred. Oh, I love that. Can I pause and just let our kids know that their virginity is sacred? It's sacred. It's precious. It's a gift. God says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. She says, well, how how am I going to have a child? He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Uh, therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And then he tosses this nugget in. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month. So how far along is she? See, you are theologians. For who who was called barren? They had called her barren. Elizabeth was known as the barren Elizabeth. Oh, yeah, we know Elizabeth. She's barren. And then the angel says, for, read this with me, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, I love verse 38. Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed because the angel was finished because all he needed was for her to believe. That's why he was there. She believed. Be it unto me. Say it. Be it unto me according to your word. Anybody love the word of God? And now look at verse 39. Immediately after the verse, the next statement that Luke writes is this. Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. So she swiftly, as soon as she could, in those days, while that was happening, she went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. How do you think she greeted Elizabeth? What do you think? Anybody have an idea? Hey, Elizabeth! How's that? Liz, what's up? I, I don't know. Elizabeth, this is Mary. Mary, what are you doing here? Elizabeth. No. I, I want you to see this. Mary, Mary walks away from this moment with the angel who says, you're going you're, you're gonna to be pregnant. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Some people say, when did she become pregnant? I'm going to tell you. When she said, be it unto me according to your word. All right, And she walks away and she speaks to Elizabeth. She wants to see Elizabeth who's six months pregnant. Elizabeth, my barren cousin, could you imagine that, is pregnant. She heads that way. She jumps on her donkey, heads to the hill country with haste. 
Now, look at the difference in Luke 1, verse 18. Okay? Okay, same angel six months earlier visits Zechariah, a priest of God, spiritual man. This is his job. He was born to be a priest, standing in the presence of the Lord, burning incense. The angel answered, and he said this, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. He says, how can I know this? You have to understand what he was saying. Basically what he's saying, there is no way this is going to happen. That's what he was saying. He was saying, no way. You don't know. Listen, God. Listen. You don't understand my circumstances. You might say she's going to be pregnant, but Elizabeth is barren. The angel answered, I'm Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God. He gets really firm here. I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you the good news, and now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words. So I want you, do you, do you see this? Now look at Luke 145 again. Mary shows up at Elizabeth's house, and, and Elizabeth declares, first of all, the Holy Spirit jumps up and down inside of her. Holy Spirit just settles on her, and she says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is she who has believed. Now, here's, here's, here's what can happen. When you see other people struggling with belief, you can anticipate that others will have the same struggle. How many, anybody believe the Word of God? Do you believe the Word of God? How many have ever struggled believing the Word of God? Wave at me. Because when, when Gabriel visited Zechariah, he came home mute. He couldn't say a word. He came home doing sign language. He, he couldn't talk. And that was the result of his unbelief. It wasn't that Zechariah didn't have a miracle. It's just his journey towards the miracle was different because of his unbelief. Young Mary, she wasn't jaded. She wasn't messed up. She just said, well, God, if that's what you say, then that must be what is true. Be it unto me according to your word. Bam! Mary has conceived, and she's off to celebrate with Elizabeth. Elizabeth shows up. Holy Spirit says she is conceiving the Son of God and begins to bless her and celebrate. I'm so glad you're able to talk today. Because my husband came home, couldn't talk. Now, now hear me, hear me. Some of you want this word. Some of you may not. Believing God fully is your best, best path to the miraculous. It's, in fact, say, say that again. Believing God fully is your best path to the miraculous. What should, how should I believe God? Fully. Somebody say fully. Completely. I need to believe Him fully. See, God is deeply moved by your belief. And your miracle, your, your, your miracle journey will be affected by whether or not you will take God at His word. In fact, your miracles are being impacted right now while I preach the word of God. Some of you say, I ain't right. I don't believe that. I don't believe God can do a miracle. That's right. So you'll be mute. You won't be able to talk. You won't have a testimony to share with anybody for a while. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. doesn't mean that God's not going to do something in your life. Anybody been there before? No way I'm going to get over this. No way God's going to do a miracle here. God can't do anything. I just don't believe. God's word is his word. It's forever settled in heaven. Come on, take this. Receive it. Digest it. Mary's miracle was more beautiful because of her belief. God will do something in you, but you would do well to just go ahead, take God at his word. Believe him now. Somebody shout, I believe. Shout it loud. I believe. So, honestly, I, I put this sign up here, but can I tell you, as much as I enjoy all the 
the fantasy and the fun of Christmas season, the joyful stories and the fat men and the white beards, we need to celebrate mostly believing in the things that are true. Can I get a yes from somebody? All right. All, all the other is fun. But it, when it comes to believe in, believing, believe that which is true. All right. Jesus is what? The way and the truth. Somebody shout the truth. He's the truth. Right? How many know he's the truth? How many know God's word is settled? Anybody believe that? You would serve your miraculous needs well to just take God at his word. How many know that Jesus is coming back? Anybody know? How many know he's returning? How many know he's got a plan for you? Anybody know that? And, and So, I believe that God is doing supernatural things in your life. We've lit the candle of hope. Today, I wanna, we've lit the candle of love, and I want to talk to you about the power of love. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee. This is powerful. The angel showed up to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Some of us need to get over ourselves. Listen, uh, I was so... I. I, I, I watch these moments. I love international moments because prophetically they speak to me. And uh, I was moved by the funeral of George H.W. Bush. Anybody else moved by that? Now, don't listen to everybody else. Just listen to the word of God, okay? Because God takes moments like that and speaks. Anybody believe that? He speaks at moments like that. When, when 41, when George W. Bush talked about how good his father was and in front of everyone wept that was authentic anybody love authenticity i just loved that moment how many know having a good father matters anybody know that just matter and i looked at that family and those children and it was obvious that there was faith in that family and i was just so blessed and and when he said that and then he sat down he, i saw him sit down and just tried to shake it off you know try to laugh but but his heart had already been exposed and if I loved anything other than the, the message at the end, I love Senator Alan Simpson. Did anybody listen to him? The, 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 the senator who was the, one of the best friends of George H.W. And he, he was so funny. But he paused at one moment. I don't know if I can quote it exactly the way he said it. He said, this is something that, that George believed in. Hatred contaminates the container that carries it. Man, I'm just dancing and falling on the floor. I rewound it several times. Called Diana in the office. We got to look at this again. Called Preston. We got to read this. Preston's writing it down. I mean, we're just... say Hatred contaminates the container that carries it. You say, well, why do I have to forgive? Hatred contaminates the container that carries it. But, you know, you know what they did. Yeah. And they're still doing it to you because you haven't forgiven them yet. Right? So the message of Christ is the message of love. It's this powerful message of love. The message of Christ. And you don't even, you're reading Luke 1, and you see love there. You don't hear anybody say, I love you, Mary. God loves you. No, she's already in this loving relationship with Father. 
So when the angel speaks to her, she knows Father loves her. Do you see this? And so he's calling into something. She doesn't know how it's going to happen, but she's just going to trust her father. Do you see that? No, 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 no. I got a wedding planned. And it's going to, no, I'm just, be it unto me according to your word. Anybody love this? So it's a beautiful story of God's visitation with Mary. I love this. Somebody shout the power of love. There are two songs named the power of love. Two songs. One is by Celine Dion. Okay? Anybody ever heard that one before? Yeah, that is, that's, that's a passionate little song right there. I can't even, you know. Uh, I hold on to your... Anyway, anyway, I just, I just, I can't do that right now. But I really like Back to the Future, Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News. Anybody like that one? Anybody remember Back to the Future? Anybody remember Michael J. Fox? Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about, okay? So in this song, this is the first one, the, the theme song is The Power of Love, okay? All right? It's, you know, rocking out Huey Lewis in the news. They're just so, just so powerful, you know? And is, anybody know this? All right? This, don't need money. Don't take fame. Don't need no credit card to ride this train. It's strong and it's sudden and it's cruel sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of love. Okay, I got my air guitar. Okay, that was a pretty good definition. All right? How many know God loves you? Anybody know God loves you? Okay? God, God may love you differently than you realize he loves you. Come on. Uh, listen. It's strong and it's sudden and it's cruel sometimes, but it might, you might perceive what God, God's love is cruel on occasion. Right? You may not always like the way God loves you because God really, really loves you. All right? I mean, we have our definitions. Here, here's some ideas. Uh, if you know that you are truly loved, some people say, how do I know? How do I know? If he really loves me. Whitney Houston, okay? Uh, how do I know? And, and so I get, here's a list. Uh, they think about you when you're not around. They take care of you when you're sick. They listen to you. They really listen to you. And they treat your thoughts and opinions with respect. They're eager to help you and gracious about accepting your help. They put your needs above their own. You're loyal to each other. They tell you that they love you. They show you that you love you. They love you. And, they, and that's romantic, am I right? Isn't that romantic? Isn't that what some of you want? Some of you say, I wish I had that in my marriage right now. Well, you take notes. And there's more to it, all right? Listen, I've been married for long enough to realize that my wife can love me in ways that I don't want her to. Like telling me the truth. I don't want you to tell me the truth right now. I want to wallow in what I'm wallowing in. Jesus, help me preach today. I... uh. I mean, family love is amazing. I love it. But uh, here's what you need to know. You have not experienced love. If you, have all, if you fill all the list, you do not know what love is without knowing the unknowable love of God. Anybody receive that? Uh, one of my favorite moments in the Christmas story is this in 1 John 4, 7, 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He, do, who, he who does not know love does not know God, for God is love. 
In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. This is Christmas scripture. Do you see this? And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, so we also ought to love one another. Now, you're looking at this and you're saying, how does this work? Okay, okay. Jesus was the firstborn. Okay, he was born by the spirit. How many believe that? Now, after Jesus was born, now we are all born by the Spirit. Now, Jesus' birth was a manifestation of the love of God. Jesus showing up was God manifesting himself. God became a human. That's what we celebrate at this season. God became human. Why? Because he wanted to come and touch this world and be here and then to give himself up as a sacrifice for our sin. Right? He does all of this. That is the love of almighty God. How he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. That's what this is about. Now, when you're saved, you will manifest love as well. Because your salvation is a new birth by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are born of the Spirit. You are born again by the Spirit. And your spirit man comes alive. You got that? So when my spirit man comes alive, now I love others. You say, I'm saved. I just don't love anybody. You're not saved. You're religious. Okay, Because when you're saved, you experience the love of God. And then the Spirit of God loves others through you. Of course, let me, let me work with you on this. The problem is we still don't get it. Can I show you how we don't get it? Just give somebody a hug. We just give somebody a quick hug, just one-armed hug. Give somebody a hug. Okay. That feel good? Okay, now stop. Now, now look at me. Look at me. Look at me. That's not all love is. Like, you know, I came to church. Nobody hugged me. That doesn't mean I don't love you. Did I just mess somebody up? I mean, I want to give you a hug. I, I'd like to tell you I love you. Nobody told me they loved me. I think we should tell you that we love you. But I'm, I'm saying that it is a possibility. Oh, still don't get it, do you? I, uh, sometimes I listen to Christian music, and listen, I love Christian music. Anybody like Toby Mac? Anybody like Toby Mac? And I wish I was as cool as Toby Mac. I really do. Get me a hat and learn to rap. And, uh, but, uh, he had the song come out, and Diane and I, we sing it along, and it was just, tonight is beautiful, I got my mind on you. Anybody know the song? And everywhere I go, you know it? What? Everywhere I turn is a reminder, I see you in Every little thing all day. And every beat of my heart keeps reminding me. I see you in every little thing all day. No matter where I go, I know your love's finding me. Finding. I see you in everything. You're all up in everything. <laughs> Don't make me rap right now because I will. I just get this thing going now. Okay, so I get that. Okay, I see you in everything. You love me. And, and I know we write a lot of songs in the Christian community that kind of correlate 
earthly loving relationships with heavenly loving relationships. You understand what I'm saying? And I want you to know that God loves you even when you don't feel love. I want you to know that God's love goes beyond whether or not he gives you a big hug. That there's no place I'd rather be than in your arms. And yes, he holds me in his arms. But sometimes I'm not sure about the way he's holding me. I'm not sure what's going on. Okay, I'm going to illustrate this this way because uh, I love Boston cream pie. And uh, this, and I just, how many like Boston cream? Anybody like that? So here it is. Okay, how many like it? Anybody really like it? Okay, just, just so you get this. All right, this is Boston cream. Okay, that's what that is. Okay, well, that's not all it is. That's in there. Okay, how many like the icing? Anybody like the icing? How many, you like the icing? Let me see. Oh, that's good. That's good icing. Okay, because some of you really like the icing. But there's also cream right here in the middle. That's down deep inside. Oh, that's good too. All right. All right. But no, look, look, look. In order to get the icing, you got to go, or get to the cream, you got to go through the cake. Some of you have been living on the icing all your life. When it come on, you've been living on the icing and you've never really experienced the love of God because you don't want to. This is a great teaching. You don't want to take a full bite of the love of God. You just want God to love you enough to make you feel good, but not love you enough to make you shut up because you have a belief system issue. Just give me a bowl full of cream, Jesus. That's all I want. I just want cream. Every Sunday, cream, cream, cream. And the only church I want to go to is a church that will just give me the cream, but will not teach me the truth about righteousness. Anybody want this message? Anybody want this? You want the rest of this? Come and get it. I'll give you a new fork. Hold on. pastor can preach it can he there you go son go back there there you go now listen you can have this love if you'll come and get it oh you just missed that all the other all right it's not that difficult and you got to stop fussing about it you just got to receive this okay i want you to receive the full message of the love of god that's our purpose i want to take you deeper than you've been before regarding the love of god I'm not going to pontificate regarding the announcement of Jesus to Mary, but, but notice, I want you to notice all the dynamics. I see the love of God in all of this, but the root is this, that the manifestation of God's love is the birth of Jesus Christ. It is Jesus. The manifestation is the pregnancy, the carrying the child, the pushing it out. Come on, anybody? Well, God loves me. How come I got stretch marks? Ain't nobody with me. Can I get an amen from a lady in the house right now? This is what I've been praying for. Why does it hurt so bad? Let me show you. Let me show you this. 
Because the, the church at Ephesus was going through some tribulation. And Paul wrote to them in Ephesians chapter 3. And he said, Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Tribulations is glory? For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven, we're all family, and heaven and earth are named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. I'm just a messenger here, but I'm telling you, Christ is being born in your hearts right now. What? How shall this be? It's by the Spirit. That, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of God which passes knowledge, that's weird, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So Paul's praying three th things. He's saying, inner strength by the Holy Spirit. Anybody need strength? Yeah. By the what? Secondly, that the presence of Christ would be in their hearts by faith. Some people say, well, Jesus came into my heart. And somebody else says, well, that's not Christ in your heart. By faith, Jesus is actually living inside of you right now. All right? And that happens through the work of the Holy Spirit. But then he says this, which is what I want to focus on. I want you to know the love of God that is beyond all knowledge. So I want you to know that which is unknowable. So it's like I get that I don't get it, that he loves me and he loves you more than you understand. That, that, just get this. If you leave, uh, uh, if you're outside tonight and you look up at the heavens and you notice that it's there. How many know there is a sky? Anybody know that? How many know there's oxygen? Anybody know that? Because, listen, I, was, I had to go under the, this floor. We had to run some wires yesterday, and I crawled under the floor. And something that amazed me is when I got under the floor to stretch a wire, and I got to do it because I was the skinniest person there. That's why they called me. That's why I did it. But uh, So I get under the floor, and you know what I did? I, I was breathing. There is oxygen under the floor. I didn't see it, but I know it's there. It's unknowable to me. Do you see what I'm saying right now? But I know that it is a benefit to me. So what, I, what I'm telling you is that you may not know all of the dimensions of the, of the heavens, and you may not know the dimensions of the star. I mean, it's not going to, I mean, your yardstick, your measuring tape are not going to work with this. But the fact of the matter is, is that God loves you more than you know or, poss or, or could ever know, and that he loves you is something that he wants you to receive. Amen. Just say it, God loves me. I'm just going to give you two realities according to this. Um, I bought a, gu a guitar a few months ago for $20 because I'm cheap. And uh, it was, I, I saw somebody was selling it. A neighbor of mine was selling it. I never met my neighbor, but it was $20. And I hadn't played the guitar in a long time. I had one in my house. So I went over and gave her a $20 bill and took that old raggedy, raggedy guitar home with me. And uh, so I sit at home and I play some songs and sing along and make Diana listen to me. And uh, so I, Reckless Love is one of my favorite songs to play. And because uh, I, I know how to hit the E minor, I know how to hit the D, and I know how to hit the C and the G. I can make that thing work. You like that, Mark? I know Mark plays a little bit. So I make that thing. I'm playing it. Uh, Reckless Love. And, and we've done the song a few times. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. 
You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You've been so, so kind to me. And then here's the verse. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Anybody believe that? Still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And just like we Christians are, uh, we like to argue about stuff. It's just one of our things. So I don't know if you know, but there's been a debate over whether or not reckless love is a biblical song or not because of the term reckless, okay? And I, I think that's good because uh, it kind of helps you to understand some things. Uh, for instance, you'll notice that I use uh, word studies often when I'm teaching you. I'll, I'll, I'll take the word love and show you that it, the word is agape and what the word agape means. Or uh, I like context, okay? So everybody say reckless, you know? Does anybody know what reckless means? you know what that means? Okay, it, it's, see, in English, our words mean whatever we want them to mean, right? For instance, I could say, um, I lit this candle, and you know what I'm talking about. But I could say, hey, so-and-so showed up lit at church, Oh, lit. And you'd say, you know, because some of you think lit is what you do with a candle, and some people think lit is what you do with Jack Daniels. Right? So uh, one is good, one ain't so good. So, so when, when you use the word reckless, does anybody know that when we say reckless, uh, and I, you know, I was reading some folks and how they're different opinions, because you can jump on Google and you can get upset about anything if you want, okay? So, you know, somebody's saying, yeah, it was a good song, but he should have used the word intentional, you know, that God is intentional. But I love so much the word reckless, okay? Now, let, let me explain it. Do I have any four-wheel drive owners in the house? Anybody got four-wheel drive, okay? I have a four-wheel drive. And if the traffic slows and there's a little path around the side, but I have to go up in the median, I might do that to get where I want to go. Come on, four-wheel drive. Come on, anybody. And if it snows or if it rains, I'm thinking, baby, all right, because I'm going to go places that nobody else can go. And you might say, I'm reckless. You can say that if you want to say it. But what I'm saying is that I'm prepared to do what I have to do in order to get where I need to be. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that God loves us recklessly. I'm going to tell you that. And you can see that in 1 John 4, where God, God uh, for the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world. So I, I want you to look at that scripture, and I want to ask you this question. Uh, how many know what uh, BC stands for? And what does AD stand for? It doesn't stand for after death. No, it stands for, it's, it's Latin for the year of our Lord, Anno Domini. So that's what it is. We often say after death, but that would leave us like 33 years unaccounted for, okay? So BC. So if you're in science class and somebody lifts their hand and says, so, uh, the, and the science teacher says, well, this happened, you know, 3000 BC. And you say to them, you raise your hand and you say, um, you know, uh, so what does BC stand for? Stands for before Christ. And then you say, what? You believe in Jesus? And I said, no, I don't believe in Jesus. Then why are you saying before Christ? Well, that's because that's when the time shifted. That's how we divide time of when Christ came to the earth. What? 
So you're saying that all of time hinges on when Jesus Christ was born, when God manifested his love towards us? No, that's we don't necessarily believe that. Then why do we say B.C.? Well, and then in, in the year 700 A.D., 80, what does that mean? I love this. Kids, You come on, you're going to have fun at school this week, all right? The year of our Lord. So you're saying that every year is a, a year that the Lord Jesus has given to us? Like this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And, and, and hopefully they'll know the Lord Jesus. Otherwise, you might get detention or something. But, but I'm telling you that it's important for us to know that God recklessly came into a broken world at its most broken time. And he came as a man, the man Jesus Christ. And everything has changed since then. Come on, you believe this? I know it sounds reckless. Anybody glad that God will drive over the curb to get to you? Anybody thankful for that? That he will do something that is so odd and so, so it seems so dangerous, so reckless to you. And some people say, well, you know, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that God's reckless. Well, you probably haven't read the story. Like the story of an adulterous woman in John chapter 8 verse 3. Where there is this woman that had been caught literally in the act of adultery. And after she was caught in the act of adultery, they dragged her out. And they threw her in front of Jesus. And they said, according to the law of Moses, you're supposed to stone her. How many know that they did not understand the law? Did you understand that? Uh, so Jesus could have said, well, yeah, that's what it says. It also, but, but let me tell you, I'll take you a little deeper for you to look upon a woman with lust in your heart. Because why were you peeking in the window when you found her in adultery? How did you do that anyway? So Jesus doesn't say all that. He just leans down and begins to write in the sand. And everybody has their own theology. Mine is, is that he wrote all of their names. And after it, he put a little colon and then he wrote their sin. And so slowly, one after the other, they began to walk out. And, and finally, there was nobody there except Jesus and that woman. And Jesus looked down at this woman who was just five seconds from the first rock hitting her in the face. Recklessly, he stood between the accusers. Somebody thank God. He stood between the accusers and her. He said, woman, where are your accusers? I can't find them. She said, there are no accusers, no one's here. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin. Go and sin no more. Go and leave your life of sin. I'm, I'm thankful. I want you to embrace this for a moment. How reckless was that? How reckless was that? How loving is that? That Jesus would find somebody that's that messed up. That he would look upon her even though she was ashamed. Even though she had messed up. Even though she knew that she was sinful. And rather than throwing a rock at her, he would stand between her and her accusers. It was a sign of who he is because that's what he still does today. He stands because of the cross of Jesus. He sits at the right hand of the Father. And though you have failed miserably, he does not. He did not come to condemn you, but to break the power of sin and shame upon your life. Praise God. Man, what would you do? I'm just keeping my mouth shut. I ain't saying nothing right now. Because you don't like being in those situations where people will actually look at you like, who do you think you are? And you, there's, there's another really good one. It's in John chapter 19, verse 1. A guy named Zacchaeus. Anybody remember him? Zacchaeus was so evil. 
He ran a business for the Romans as a Jewish man. He bought a franchise for taxation. So what he could do, people say, well, he's a tax collector. I just, I'm not talking about the IRS. He had a franchise, and he was supposed to collect a certain amount of money and give it to the Romans. And he had to collect it from the Jewish people. So he could stand at a bridge and say, look, I'm declaring this particular bridge as taxed. And you're walking across the bridge, and he just takes your money. You can't cross this bridge unless you give me money. And people hated him because they considered him a traitor. He stole money also. He also collected more than he was supposed to in order that he could live a wealthy life. But Jesus was passing by, and Zacchaeus just climbed up in a tree. Listen, he didn't say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, help me. No, he just climbed up in a tree and looked in the direction of Jesus. And Jesus stopped knowing what was going on in his heart and said, Hey, Zacchaeus, uh, uh, come on down because I'm going to go have dinner at your house today. That reckless act of love. People were screaming. They were saying, Who is this Jesus that's actually going to go to a sinner's house? Because to a righteous man, you weren't even supposed to go in to a sinner's house. But Jesus is so reckless that he walked into a sinner's house, a man who was stolen. Come on, a man, a man who was greedy, walked in. And Jesus said, sat down and ate with him, and something changed in Zacchaeus' life. He said, Jesus, I'm returning fourfold the amount of money that I've stolen. And Jesus just looked at him and said, Zacchaeus, salvation has come to your house today. Jesus never asked him to do all of that. You understand? You can't buy salvation. He's saying, I'm just here. I love you. I want you to know as messed up as you are. Anybody need to hear this? Wave at me. Anybody need to hear this? As messed up as you are, as many things as you've done wrong, I love you. And I'm not here to throw rocks. How many know Jesus did not come to condemn us? He came to save us. Anybody know that? Okay. Now that you like this, you may not like the next statement I'm going to make. Because the icing is really good. Anybody want the cake? God also loves us intentionally. This is one of these, those great, anybody love the prophecies of the Messiah? Here's a prophecy of Messiah in Isaiah chapter 7. Now you know it, it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isn't that beautiful? But you don't know the backstory. The backstory is one of the most evil kings of Judah. His name was Ahaz. We're coming, not Ahab, Ahaz. Ahaz was an evil king. And the Syrians were coming to attack, it seemed. And so Isaiah comes to uh, share with him at the beginning of this, he says, uh, the Lord spoke to Ahaz saying, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. So the Lord says, you can ask for a sign of what I'm going to do to protect you. But Ahaz says, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. That sounds really holy, doesn't it? It's not what it is. What he's saying is, I don't want to hear what the Lord has to say. Now, here's the backstory. He had already made a plan to sell Judah into slavery. All right? He was going to sell off his own people. And so, then the Lord says, this is in Isaiah, Hear now, O house of David. Okay, we're going to go back a few years. Somebody say house of David. Basically, it's this. 
Ahaz, before you ever showed up, I was doing something and made promises that I am still going to fulfill no matter what you require. And he says this, it is a small thing for you to weary men, but you will not, but, but will you weary my God also? That's sort of a statement. You're not going to weary God, all right? And then he says this, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, what does that mean? Is, does, did Ahaz see Jesus born? No. What he's saying, this is 740 years in the future. Ahaz, it doesn't matter what you do. I have an intentional plan and it is going to be fulfilled. So you can deny me, you can worship me, you can serve me, but Jesus is still going to be born. Now I'm going to tell you this just in case you don't know. You can give your life to Jesus, you can be baptized, you can accept Christ into your life. But if you choose to be rebellious and don't turn your life over to God, God has an intentional plan and he is not finished yet with what he is going to do. And guess what? Jesus is coming back again. Did you know that? And, and your stubbornness is not going to change that. Your unwillingness to receive Jesus as your Savior is not going to change that. Jesus is coming again. Did anybody shout amen just now? So what he's saying is Judah will not be destroyed because Judah is of the house of David. So whether you do something or don't do anything, Judah is not going to be destroyed. Now, now God is working on things. You need to hear me. God is working on things right now that will impact generations in the future. Did you hear me? Children that you may have never seen or will never see, if God tarries his coming, God is establishing things right now in your life. Because God is intentional. In Malachi chapter 3, here is another intentional prophecy. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Who is that? John the Baptist. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Who is he talking about now? Emmanuel. Jesus Christ is coming. But who can endure the day of his coming? Now wait. We like the first part. Now, re re look at this. Who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For Jesus will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by as in former years. Did you hear that? Okay, now no, watch. Anybody ever watched uh, Storage Wars? Okay, come on. Anybody ever watched Storage Wars? Some of these uh, uh, TV shows on uh, Discovery Channel and Storage Wars. You got these guys who travel to these storage places, and they open these, these storage sheds, and you look in them, and the, the place has been abandoned, and they make bids on it just by looking in, and then they... Finally, somebody wins and they go in and they find great stuff or they find nasty stuff. But they go in looking for treasure. There's, there's another show called Gold Rush. Anybody seen Gold Rush? Okay, Gold Rush, they actually go hunting for gold. Okay, But the thing is, is they don't look at gold. Like if you saw gold, you'd go, what? No. They realize that the gold that they find is going to have to be purified. 
and cleansed. Okay. Somebody shout, God is intentional. Okay. Now, listen. God's relationship with us is icing, but it's also cake. Hear me. There are some things that you're going through right now that you don't want to go through. But Jesus did not come just in order to rescue from sin. He's also come to change you. And, and, and I know this might be difficult for some people to embrace or celebrate. But it is the word of God. Because in, in coming, he's come to bless us. Has anybody ever received a Christmas gift that was weird? That you did not like? Sometimes family plays Dirty Santa. Anybody ever played that before? And you get a gift and like, I don't want this. This is, this is just silly. So there's sometimes then God gives you stuff that you do not like. Listen, God is saying, on occasion, I will walk you into the desert to show you that you are not as pure yet as you think you are. I'm going to take you. Oh, help me, Lord Jesus. Somebody say this with me. God is in your mess. Say it. God is in your mess. God is in your pain. God is in your difficulty, the trials that you're going through. James chapter 1 verse 2. Count it all joys, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete Lacking nothing. Listen, God's love is so big that he will walk you through a mess. God saw you. He discovered you and said, yeah, I'm gold. I'm beautiful in his eyes. I want you to know some of you are not nearly as pretty as you think you are. God loves you and he saved you. He recklessly picked you up, but he is intentional about holding you. And now he's going to add some fire to your life in order to get all of the corrosion off of you. And he's also going to cleanse you and polish you like a launderer would in order that you can be clean. You say, well, God loves me just as I am. Oh, yeah, but he's not going to leave you that way. Come on, don't just eat the icing. Come on, don't just eat the icing. Consider it all joy. Say, consider it all joy. You have to consider it all joy because God loves you so much that it doesn't always feel like love. God loved me. I don't even feel like he's listening to me right now. Okay, now you'll pray harder. You didn't hear me? You didn't hear that? Why do the heavens seem so closed right now? Well, why didn't you believe God the first time he gave you his word? Right? Do you receive this? Why, God, why am I going through such inner struggles right now? Yeah, there's only pleasure in sin for a season, right? I'm cleansing you. Why does it seem like I'm... Why is everything upside down right now in my life? Because I got a plan for you. And I wanted you somewhere else. But you insisted on doing what you chose to do rather than what I... Come on. Anybody receive this? Consider it all joy. I like the word various kinds. Anybody like that word various kinds? Anybody got a junk drawer? Anybody got one? Just open it up. It's got all kinds of stuff in it. God's got a whole junk drawer of stuff that he, come on, that he will allow in your life. Anybody got a testimony that I'm talking about right now? I mean, you would not be who you are right now if it had not been for the brokenness that you walked through. Am I right? You would not be who you are. You might say, well, why did God leave me abandoned at that time? Because God had a bigger plan for you. So go ahead and know God loves me. Go ahead. Somebody shout, God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. 
In fact, Romans 5 reads this way. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that the suffering produces an endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because the love of God, what? Because, the, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We're going to need the Holy Spirit because suffering is producing. It's producing. Let me, let me wrap this up. Um, let me prophetically tell you what's about to happen in January. January of this year. In January of this year, if you go to a gym, you're going to see more people there than have ever been there before. You're going to see people working out. And listen, it's going to have an effect on them. Because for the next week, you're going to see people walking. Strange. Now, let me tell you about February. There are going to be less people in gyms in February than January because of the pain. I'm still talking prophetically. Listen to me. Don't waste the pain. Don't waste the season that you're going through right now. God didn't stop loving you. He's just letting you feel what you need to feel right now. But if you keep walking through it, sooner or later it will produce. And in your body, in your spirit, man, come on. You'll produce character and you'll produce hope. And then you will not walk in shame because hope makes us not to be ashamed. Because I will know that I went through what I went through because God loved me so much. And that's why he manifested his son, Jesus. So that I could receive him into my life, Jesus, Jesus. Stand with me, everybody. I'm done preaching. Come on. Would you celebrate the word of God with me? Would you celebrate? Let me look at that Ephesians 3 one more time. Let me look at Ephesians 3 one more time. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in... Rooted and grounded in what? In love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I, I, want the prayer, I want my prayer team to come and stand and be ready to minister to you. As they're coming, I need to teach you this. I want to teach you this. I, some of you know some of the story. You won't know all of it, but many years ago I met, I heard a man speak. His name was Hong Yang. And he, Hong was from China. And I, uh, I had him come, in fact, I had him come here many years ago. I'm talking about 1991 to something like that. And uh, Hong was, he's, he's fluent in several languages. But he told his testimony. Here's, here's his story, okay? His story is this, that he was attending... A university. He grew up very poor, very broke, and in the worst condition. But he knew that he needed to go to university, 
So he went to a university and became the president of the Communist Party at the university. But he was studying Western literature. And because he was studying Western literature, he kept reading uh, uh, statements, references to a Bible. And so he had to request if he could read a Bible in order that he could, since he was studying Western literature, so that he would know what Shakespeare's talking about. And so they gave him permission to go to, to receive a Bible. He had to get a signature to read a Bible. And he went into the basement of the university and on a shelf marked Western pornographic literature was his first Bible. Very blessed man, great intellect. And he sat there and he read the Bible and he believed the Bible. And sitting there reading the Bible, he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to him about the work of the gospel in China and around the world. And so he requested that he could go to the United States and study at the Pentecostal School of Theology. And he put in his request that he could go to the United States and study. But they translated it wrong and called it and sent him to the School of Technology. And so he ended up on an error being released to go from communist China to go study at the Pentecostal School of Theology. Anybody love this? Okay, I heard this story here at this church many, many years ago. And here's what happened with the story is Hong, uh, once he came and he finished his studies, a PhD in several languages and theology, he ended up getting assigned to build a, a, the Pentecostal seminary in Puerto Rico. When he was here, he was here raising money. And so we collected a, a great amount of money and gave it to him to help him with his school in Puerto Rico. Never saw him for years. I'd see him maybe at a conference or something. He never forgot me. Always, Pastor Rick, how are you doing? But one day I was upstairs in the ministry center. We were having a church family dinner. And a Puerto Rican man walked in the door named Benito Fonseca. And he said, well, he didn't say anything to me. I just, the Holy Spirit spoke in my heart and said, go tell him that if he'll join you, that you will build uh, a ministry to Hispanic people in the community. He'll build a church together. And I went immediately to him. He accepted the challenge. And we began a, a, a ministry to Hispanic people to what is now the largest Hispanic church in the Tidewater community. Iglesia Dios Ebenezer. Now listen, listen. I said, where'd you do your studies? I did them in Puerto Rico under a professor by the name of Hong Yang. Do you hear what I'm saying? So God, how many know God is intentional? Okay, now that happened. I'm going to take you to the next step. So he came back. Hong Yang comes back and finally fulfills his dream and goes to China and begins to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in communist China, which was always his dream. He always asked us to pray for that he, that he could do that. He was arrested and he was thrown into prison in communist China for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he would get out and be back in prison. And finally, they threw him out of China. So he's back in the United States now. And don't look at me so sad. Because God is intentional. 
Come on, don't listen. Rejoice in your suffering. Rejoice in your difficulty. You might end up in jail. You might end up in difficulty. But don't stop because he has something else. I believe right now he's supposed to be right where he is. Raising up new individuals that will go back. Because now rather than one, he'll be 20 that will end up. And 100 and 1,000 that will be in communist China. Anybody receive what I'm saying right now? Now look, if I were to look around this room and have you come up one at a time and you would say to me, Pastor, this is all the mess I went through, but God recklessly saved me and now he is intentionally taking me on a journey. How many could tell me that that's what's happened in your life? Could anybody tell me that that's the truth? But wait, some of you in the room would say, Pastor Rick, I don't like what I'm going through right now. I am in the midst of a mess right now, and sometimes I don't even know if God is here. So that's why Paul is praying this. I pray that those of you who are broken would be in, in, that, that the Holy Spirit would be imparted to you, and the Spirit of God's love would shine in your life so that when you leave the house today, you will know that even though you're on a rough journey, that God is not finished with you yet, and He is recklessly and intentionally fulfilling his plan until Christ returns. So close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I break every bondage that's in here that would keep people from coming and being set free and being filled with the spirit and the power of your love. I break that bondage in the name of Jesus and I rebuke the enemy for tying down the people of God. He has no right. So those of you in the house that would say, Pastor Rick, That's me. I'm going through such a struggle right now. Sometimes I don't even feel like God is with me. Wave at me right now so I know where you are. Wave at me. Wave at me around the room. I see you. All right. Okay, children, children. Walk to me now. Walk to me. Do you believe? Listen, listen. You believe. You believe. Don't be Zachariah. You believe. Be Mary. Be Mary. Rush from where you are. Rush from where you are up to my prayer team. Rush from where you are. Surrender yourself to this particular moment. Lord Jesus, I belong to you. I'm ready. Some of you may need to. There you go. You got this. Prayer workers. Jesus, Jesus. Jay. Some, I, we, we got it. We got it. We're good. We're good. Come on. Come on. All right. Now, I want everybody else, I want you to lay your hand on somebody nearby you. I want you to pray for them like Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. Pray this way. That they would be strengthened with might through the Spirit of God in their inner man. Pray that way for somebody nearby you. Pray that way. Father, strengthen them with might through the inner man. And pray this way. Pray this way. That they would be, that Christ may dwell in their hearts by faith. That you would root them and ground them in love. That they would never fail. They would never fall. And they would, through the struggle that they're going in, now realize the love of Christ that passes all knowledge. That they would be filled with the love of God that passes all knowledge. Pray that prayer for them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go ahead, lay your hands. Pray with one another. Praise God. Pray with them as well. Jesus, praise you, Lord.
Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Everybody in the house, give him thanks for his love. Would you do that? Give him thanks. No matter what you're facing, I want you to give him thanks. Give him thanks for his love. Give him thanks for his grace. Give him thanks for his recklessness. Give him thanks for his plan, for his intentionality. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How I love you, Lord. Listen, we're going to continue to pray in the altar. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. You walk in the love of God no matter what your journey is. Take some time and pray. If you're new to freedom, please meet me in the hospitality room. I'd love to give you a gift. Spend some time with you. Altar workers, take your time and minister to these people that are here. God bless you all.